There's a word from the Lord this morning. Thank you for your patience this morning for um, these services are a little longer than usual because of the vital information that we felt was necessary to share with you. But this morning, we will complete this series that God gave us at the beginning of the fall of this year. And this series is entitled Seeing Others as God Sees Them. This is the 12th message of this series. The text is one verse that is found in the gospel writings of Mark. St. Mark chapter 16 and verse 7. We're reading this morning from the NIV, the New International Version. Mark chapter 16 and verse 7, seeing others as God sees them. Thank you for uh, receiving this series. Thank you for allowing God's word to challenge you as it has challenged all of us not to see as we desire, not to see as our emotions may dictate, but to see as God sees. Mark chapter 16 and verse 7. Hear this powerful word. And it reads, But go tell his disciples and Peter. He's going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. We ask God's blessings on the reading and the hearing of his word. Once again, the text reads, the first clause of the text reads, but go, tell his disciples, and listen to this, and Peter. Go and tell his disciples and Peter. For the next few moments, we want to speak to you from the subject, don't forget Peter. Don't forget Peter. It is said that forgiving someone who has let us down, someone who perhaps has done us harm, is one of the most difficult things for us as human beings to do. Please listen to this. Forgiveness is one of the most difficult things for humans to do. True forgiveness. Not just speaking the words, but living it in what you do and what is in your heart. The truth is, we all at times <laughs> struggle with forgiveness issues. I need you to hear this. We all at times struggle with forgiveness issues. And it really doesn't matter who you are. Pastors, leaders, others. We all find ourselves. It is the human nature of who we are. Uh, to struggle with forgiving someone who has done us wrong. Someone who has let us down. It is important, however, to understand this, that forgiveness is more about, and this blessed me when God dropped this in my spirit, forgiveness is more about what is going on inside of us than what has happened to us. I want to take my time and say that again. Forgiveness is more about what is going on inside of us. Anger, the emotions that exist inside of us than what has happened to us. There is a powerful quote that I'd like to share with you this morning. Powerful quote, and we will put it 
on the screen for you to see it. It says, and I'll quote, forgiveness doesn't excuse someone's behavior. Forgiveness prevents their behavior from destroying your heart. Wow. Forgiveness does not excuse someone's behavior, but it prevents their behavior from destroying your heart. So many people have ruined their lives by what they allow to linger in their hearts. So many people uh, now are paying significant consequences of incarceration and other things because of the anger and the lack of forgiveness that was in their heart. So forgiveness is about not allowing those emotions to destroy who you are, to destroy what God intends for you to be. Listen, another reason why we should forgive others is simply because we expect our Heavenly Father to forgive us of our transgressions. That is why we forgive others. Listen, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 15 says, and I quote, but if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. This is pretty clear and pretty emphatic. Jesus says to his followers that if we don't forgive others, then our heavenly father will not forgive us of our wrongdoings, of our transgressions. And the truth of the matter is that all of us have something in our lives that we know God has forgiven us of. In fact, most of us have things in our lives right now that we thank God for forgiving us of, even as I speak this very day. Jesus' earthly life is uh, our perfect example. For he not only talked the talk when it came to forgiveness, but he also walked the walk, as we witness in today's text. This last message of the series, seeing others as God sees them. Jesus was our perfect example. He not only said to us what we should do, but he demonstrated for us how we should do it. Listen, our text occurs on Resurrection Sunday morning. Most of us are familiar with that text. It is the Easter Sunday morning message that most people receive. Jesus had just been, listen, deserted, beaten, scorned, crucified, buried, and now resurrected. All in one week. <laughs> I want to repeat that again. In one week, Jesus had been deserted, beaten, scorned, crucified, buried, and now resurrected. What a week Jesus had. However, here's the key to this message today. However, he wasn't bitter, angry, or revengeful. I want to say something again. He had just been deserted, beaten, scorned, crucified, buried, and resurrected. But he wasn't bitter, he wasn't angry, and he wasn't revengeful. Instead, Jesus set out doing his final days on earth to forgive and restore his disciples as he prepared them for what was to come. Jesus could have been angry. He could have been bitter. He could have said, all that I've done for you, they all deserted me. Jesus could have asked the question, why wasn't the woman with the issue of blood at the cross? 
Jesus could have asked the question, where was blind Bartimaeus, uh, the man that I helped recover his sight? But he wasn't bitter, wasn't angry, and he wasn't revengeful. I, I want that to seek in. I want that uh, to, to really set in our lives. Because so many times we find ourselves bitter, angry, and revengeful. We find ourselves uh, uh, bound by these emotions uh, that won't allow us to be all that God has called us to be. Jesus goal the final days of his life was to prepare those who would carry the gospel to the world and introduce the saving, redeeming power of his blood to mankind all over the earth. And so he could not afford to be angry, could not afford to be revengeful, could not afford uh, to be upset. He knew that he had to find his disciples and he knew that he had to prepare them for these final days on earth that he would have. And the process began with perhaps, listen to this, the one disciple who needed it the most. The one disciple that needed to hear this message of forgiveness and restoration the most. And his name was Peter. Peter was known as Jesus' chief disciple among biblical scholars. Uh, when they identified the 12 disciples, Matthew's Gospel, the 10th chapter and the second verse uses the word first in describing Peter. Uh, and so Peter had the distinction of being that first, not, not necessarily in the order in which they were called, but in what Jesus wanted them to do. He was Jesus's main man. Peter, uh, even without even understanding, he had the title had the distinction of being Jesus' main disciple. Peter, according to Matthew again, chapter 14 and verse 28, had some unique uh, characteristics of Peter. Peter had something perhaps that the other disciples did not have. We see this in the 14th chapter of the book of uh, Matthew, verses 28 and 29, when, when Peter was the only disciple that had the courage in the midst of a storm to leave the boat walking on the water towards Jesus simply because Jesus said, come. One word, come. Jesus did not say, Peter, you come. He extended that invitation to everybody on the boat. Peter was the one who had the courage to leave the boat and walk on the water. And I know oftentimes uh, we highlight what happens when he took his focus off Jesus and began to sink. But we fail to realize that he had the courage to do what many would not do. Now, according uh, to, again, Matthew chapter 16 and verse 16, Peter was the first disciple. I said he was the only disciple to lead the boat, but he was the first disciple to acknowledge that Jesus was indeed the Messiah, the Son of God. Jesus asked the question, who do men say that I am? And they gave him a litany of people that others said he was. And then Jesus turned it personally and said to all of his disciples, but who do you say that I am? I'm not just concerned about what others think. Who do you say that I am? Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Only one to lead the boat. 
uh, and the first one to acknowledge that Jesus was the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus was indeed the Messiah. Peter acknowledged this before any of the other disciples would. So that is why I set all of that up to get to this point. So that is why Peter's actions or his inactions during Passion Week was so disappointing. I've said to you that he was the first, he was the only, he recognized that Jesus was the Messiah, uh, he had faith to lead the boat and walk on the water. And so that is why what, what happened during the week of Jesus' crucifixion was so disappointing. For Peter <laughs> denied even knowing Jesus three times. Peter abandoned and deserted Jesus when Jesus needed him the most. Please listen to this. Peter, the man that Jesus rescued from the water when he was sinking. Peter, the one that said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Peter is the only disciple in the Gospels where Jesus healed one of his family members. The Bible tells us the story of how Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law. That is why it was so disappointing when Peter didn't raise his hands to say, I know who he is. He is Jesus the Christ. But when Peter denied three times that he knew Jesus, Peter was the one that had promised him that he would never forsake him. You know the gospel story when Jesus says that some of you will forsake me and, and Peter said, not me, master, I, I will not ever do that. And Jesus said, before the cock can crow three times, Peter, uh, you will deny me. In other words, you would deny me three times even before this night is over. However, as stated earlier, Jesus Going back to the highlight of this ministry, wasn't bitter, he wasn't angry, or he wasn't revengeful. He could have been. In fact, human nature suggests he should have been. Because Peter had a special gift. Peter had a special relationship with Jesus. But Jesus wasn't bitter. Jesus wasn't angry. He wasn't revengeful. He simply, listen, wanted Peter to know that he had forgiven him and that he still wanted to use him. What a powerful text. You've heard me say this, those of you that have attended Bible Way, I often reference this scripture, go tell his disciples and Peter as one of my favorite because it symbolizes the gospel message in its entirety in those simple words. Jesus wanted Peter to know that he still loved him, he has forgiven him, and he wanted to use him. Listen, in the text on Resurrection Sunday morning, the angel at the tomb told Mary Magdalene and the other Marys that were with him, her, to go and tell his disciples that Jesus had risen from the dead and that they were to meet him in Galilee. And that would be fine by itself. <laughs> but then he added these two words that made this text not only powerful, but extraordinary. He says, go tell his disciples and Peter, he says, don't forget Peter, because I know the natural inclination is, don't you look for Peter, because Peter should have known better. Uh, forget about Peter, uh, because Peter denied three times he even knew who 
Jesus was. But Jesus says, go tell my disciples and especially Peter. It's in the text for a reason. And Peter, Mark writes this. Mark is the first gospel account, the oldest gospel narrative. Uh, He says, go tell my disciples and Peter uh, that he had risen from the grave and they should meet him in Galilee. Listen, my brothers and sisters, the text suggests that Jesus really wanted Peter to get this message. The text suggests that Jesus, above all the others, especially needed and wanted Peter to be there. Question that I pose to you today is why? Jesus really wanted Peter to be there. Question that I lift and place in the atmosphere is why? I would like to suggest three possible reasons why Jesus especially wanted and needed Peter to be there as we conclude this message, as we conclude this series. Reason number one why Jesus wanted Peter uh, to be there above all others is that he wanted Peter to know personally that he had forgiven him. Think about that. Peter denied him. Peter abandoned him. Peter deserted him. But Jesus wanted Peter to know, Peter, I don't hold any grudges. Peter, I have forgiven you. Is there anybody out there who feel like Peter? Who's so glad uh, that despite all the things you've done, how you've let him down over and over again, that he has forgiven you. Is there anybody out there that know that you should have known better, but you did it anyhow, but God has not held that against you? Peter, I have forgiven you. He especially wanted Peter to be there because he needed Peter to personally know that Peter, I have forgiven you. Somebody ought to be happy wherever you are that he's a forgiving God. I don't know about you, but I am so glad that he has not held my transgressions against me. And not only the things I may have done years ago, but there are recent transgressions that we do every day uh, that he does not hold against us. He is a forgiving God. Second key reason I suggest to you that he especially wanted Peter to be there is because he wanted Peter to know. Peter, not only have I forgiven you, but he still had faith in him. There are a whole lot of people say, I forgive you, but I never trust you. There are a whole lot of people say, I'll forgive you, but you know what? I don't want anything to do with you anymore. I forgive you, but I'll never put you over anything anymore. Jesus wanted Peter to show up in Galilee because he wanted Peter to know that, man, I still have faith in you. I know what you did. I know that you even used profanity and and swearing. Uh, Some translation says cursing out the young girl who said, aren't you one of his followers? But I want you to know, man, that I still have faith in you. I don't know about you, but that blessed me in a special way. Because I'm so glad that God didn't just throw me away. So glad that uh, my mistakes did not uh, cancel out my mission. So glad that God says I still have faith in you. I'm glad that God can use flawed vessels. I'm glad that God can take someone who's not always been perfect and says I still have faith in you. And then finally third and the final 
reason why I think he especially wanted Peter to be there. Remember, reason number one was that he wanted Peter to know that he had forgiven him. Reason number two was that he wanted Peter to know that he still had faith in him. But reason number three, bless me in a special way. Reason number three is this. He wanted Peter to know that he had empowered him. Listen, he had empowered him. Listen, don't miss this. Not that he was going to empower him. (laughs) But he wanted Peter to know that he already had the power. That he had already given him the authority. Listen to what Matthew writes in chapter 16 and verses 18 and 19. Here it is. Jesus said to Peter, and I tell you that you are Peter. And upon this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of Hades and the gates of hell will not overcome it. And here it is, verse 19. And I will give you, Peter, the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven in other words Jesus says man I want you to know that you are already empowered just because you made a mistake doesn't mean that you're not empowered just because you had a lack of faith at a moment in your life doesn't mean that I take back the power that I've given you. Let me speak to some of you because some of you have been empowered to bind and to loose. And perhaps you've done some things in your life that you're not proud of. And the enemy is trying to tell you that God doesn't want to use you again. The devil is a liar. Come on, somebody. The devil is a liar. Somebody ought to give God your best praise because God still wants to use you. Come on, somebody ought to give God your best praise. Someone ought to praise God. Peter, I have forgiven you. Peter, I still have faith in you. Peter, you are still empowered to bind and to loose and whatever you bind on earth I bound it in heaven I bind it in heaven now I I will restrict what you restrict whatever you loose on earth I'll cut it loose in heaven don't forget Peter (laughs) some of us are Peters right now somebody perhaps listen where was Peter when when these words were issued. <laughs> Where was Peter when these words, Dr. Joseph Scofield in his dissertation of the text says Peter was doing what he used to do. He had gone back fishing. Peter had thought that God doesn't want to use me. God, the Lord has no use for me. But Jesus sent word for Peter. He wanted Peter to know something. Why was that important? Because Acts chapter 2 perhaps is the highlight of Peter's career. (laughs) On the day of Pentecost, it was Peter who preached the first sermon of the New Testament church. Peter the one who had forsaken him. Peter the one who had abandoned him. Peter the one who had deserted him. Listen, As we conclude today's message, it is important that we understand something. No matter what we may have done, no matter how far we may have strayed away, God is ready to forgive us 
and he still wants to use us. Listen, my brothers and sisters, our God is indeed a God of a second chance. (laughs) Somebody just say second chance. Hashtag second chance. Uh, Send this message to someone who perhaps feel as if God doesn't want to use them. We serve a God of a second chance. I'm so glad that he didn't forget about Darrell. So glad that he didn't forget about Lawson or Mac or Marlon. I'm so glad that he didn't forget about any of us. I'm so glad that he didn't forget about you. I'm so glad that he didn't forget about Willie Mae Jackson. I'm so glad that God did not forget about Janelle Mitchell. I'm so glad that God did not forget any of us. But even though we know there's some things in our life that we've let him down on, he still said the word, don't forget Peter. And so as you live your life, as you think about the culmination of this series, don't forget Peter. If he did it for Peter, he can do it for you. Somebody ought to clap those hands and give God your best praise right now. Come on. Come on and give God your best praise. He's the God of a second chance. He's the God of a second chance. Listen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on. That's right. That's right. Listen, our dear friend and brother, young man who grew up in Bible Way Church in New York City, Bishop Hezekiah Walker, wrote this powerful song, God of a Second Chance. Lord, I need to feel the touch of your hand. Your will for my life, I want to understand. Lord, forgive me like only you can. For you're the God of a second chance. Lord, I'm tired of the way that I am. In your love, I want to live and stand. To adhere to your every command. Thank you, Lord. For you are the God, the God of a second chance. Sister Marsha Jackson and the Bible Ways Praise and Worship team will come right now to tell us that he's the God of a second chance.
is that we all have been Peter. In fact, the truth is we all are Peter. And God wants all of us to know that he has forgiven us. God wants us to know that he still has faith in us. God wants us to know that he has already empowered us to bind and to loose on earth things that will be bound and loose in heaven. No matter who you are, what you've done, just know that he is the God of a second chance. Aren't you glad to know that God does not see us as others see us? Listen, I am convinced that everybody else saw Peter as a deserter. Everyone else saw Peter as a coward. They saw Peter as the man who talked the talk. But he didn't have the courage to walk the walk. But not God. God says, I see what he can be. I see what he will be. The Lord saw the Peter of Acts chapter 2. That stood up and said, men and women... This same Jesus that you've crucified has now become Lord and Savior. And so no matter where you are at this stage of your stage of your life, no matter what you've done, it's important to know that God's got your back. God will always have faith in you. There's a number on the screen right now. And I know that society may have given up on you. Listen, nothing breaks my heart more than how this society treats those, particularly those who have committed a crime and served their time and now trying to make a decent living or trying to move on with their life. That may be society, but that is never God. God has faith in you. God still believes uh, that you can be what God has called you to be. And listen, God has already empowered you. Pick up the phone right now. Call that number. That number that is on the screen. Someone is there to pray with you. Someone is there to help you through that. Listen, all of us, all of us are Peters. This message is not to judge anyone. We all are Peter. We all have been. Listen, if if God was to publish my stuff, uh, uh, you'll find out that there have been many things in my life that God has had to forgive me of. God has had to restore my faith. Had to assure me that he could still use me. And not just me, but all of us. He's the God of a second chance. Come on, right now, as the, as the praise team says again, call that number right now. Yeah. A second chance. A second chance. right now don't forget Peter (laughs) don't forget Peter listen God just dropped this in my spirit and whenever you are tempted to judge someone else and whenever you are tempted to give up on someone else remember Peter remember Peter (laughs) 
What if God would have given up on him? I'm so glad that God didn't forget me. And God would never forget you. And the Lord would never give up on you. Close those eyes if you can right now. If you're in a position where you can lift those hands, just lift those hands right now. Eternal Father, we thank you. We, we bless you. God, we thank you so much for being such an awesome God. Thank you for not forgetting about us. Thank you for remembering us. Thank you for still wanting to use us. Thank you for reminding us that you have already empowered us to bind and to loose. And we say thank you. Now, Lord, we pray for those right now. Pray for that young man who perhaps just got released from prison. Sealing all along. Please remind him that you've not forgotten about him. Pray for that young lady who may have made some mistakes in her life. And her family may have abandoned her, but you haven't. And we say thank you. Thank you for the awesome power of forgiveness. And now, Lord, use us to share this message with someone else. And as we remember Peter, you will remember us. This is our prayer. In your name we pray and give thanks. And wherever you are, just say amen. Amen. Listen, just before the praise team takes us out with this song, I want to once again say thank you. Call the church if you need to be saved, if you if you want to become a part of this congregation, but if you want to know Jesus, if you want uh, to give your life to the Lord right now, amen, call that number on the screen wherever you are. Thank you for your contributions. Tuesday night, I made a special appeal uh, to help those that are in need during this Christmas season. And if you are so led to do that, do that. Just right now, even at the end of this service, you can text and give. Just just sow a seed. A seed that you want to just bless someone else. Be a blessing. If you want a blessing, be a blessing to someone else. And it doesn't take much. It can be one dollar, two, whatever you have. Just sow it so that someone else could be blessed. And watch God bless you. Thank you for joining us. Join us again on Tuesday night. Join us again at the 11 o'clock service. Join us every Sunday at 8 and 11. Come on, he's the God of a second chance. Yes, he is. May the grace of God and the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide with us now, tomorrow, and forevermore, wherever you are. Amen. As we transition from this service into our holy communion service on this first Sunday right now, amen. Join us, amen, before you click off, join us as we participate in holy communion, amen. Pastor Mag would come at this time. Uh. As we prepare for our holy communion service, we ask that you, if you're able to, go prepare yourselves with getting a man a piece of bread or whatever you would get and some juice. Our praise team is going to lead us in our communion selection, and then we'll come back with our scripture, our prayer, and we'll administer communion.
communion scripture hours scripture says for i've received of the lord that which also i delivered unto you that the lord jesus the same night in which he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said take eat this is my body which is broken for you this do in remembrance of me after the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped saying this cup is the new testament in my blood this do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup you do show the lord's death till he come wherefore whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the lord but let a man examine himself and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup for he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself not discerning the lord's body but this cause many are weak and sickly among you and many sleep for if we would judge ourselves we should not be judged but when we are judged we're chastened of the lord that we should not be condemned with the world let us pray father we thank you for allowing us to enter into this holy communion god we thank you for the bread that represents your body we thank you god for the wine that represents the blood that you shed on calvary now god bless us as we intake on these holy sacraments in jesus name we pray amen as we prepare for our holy communion if you would get it in your hand the scripture says once again and on the same night in which he was betrayed he said take eat this is my body which was broken for you this cup is the new testament in my blood which is shed for as often as you do this you do it in remembrance of me let us all commune virtually together Father, we thank you for this holy communion on this last month of the year. God, we thank you for the word of God that we heard. Don't forget Peter. We thank you most of all, God, for you forgave us. And we thank you for that. Now, God, we ask that you dismiss us from this place, never from your presence. We ask that you continue to bless us. It's in your name we pray. And all of God's children said amen. like to thank everyone for tuning in. If you desire prayer, please call 1-888-776-1238. There are many safe, secure, and easy ways to give to Bible Way Church of Atlas Road. Online giving is available to members and guests through my connections at bwcar.org. You can choose to give through your bank, checking, debit, or savings account, or via our mobile giving app by texting BWCAR along with your giving amount to 73256. You can mail your check to P.O. Box 90309, Columbia, South Carolina, 29290. Please do not mail cash. Financial donations will be accepted at the church on Tuesdays from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. If you feel as if this service was a blessing to you, please be sure to share with your family and friends. For additional announcements and for more information, be sure to visit our website at bwcar.org.